Lord Jesus, you have made us holy by your grace. You have set us apart by your love. Help us to live lives of holiness set apart for you, dedicated to doing your will. In your name we pray, amen. God's peace be with you, friends. We are indeed continuing in our sermon series of the book of Daniel. We're in chapter 3 today. The series overall is called Higher Resolution, and we're talking about how to live life on a higher resolution level as God calls us to. So let's uh, recap a little bit of where we've come so far in the book of Daniel. Uh, God's people, the people of Judah, are living in exile in faraway Babylon, a thousand miles to the east of their homeland in Jerusalem. And among them, of course, is Daniel the prophet and his three friends who are given new names in Babylon. The friends' names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In chapter 1, two weeks ago, we learned how Daniel and his friends were training to serve in the palace of King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. But when it came time for eating and drinking the king's royal food and wine, they refused because it had been dedicated to false pagan gods and idols. And, and they knew that if they did that, they were essentially were acknowledging their worship of those false gods. And so they refused. And so higher resolution number one, based on chapter one, was this. I will not defile myself. That's what they essentially said, and that's true for us too. We are to say, I will not defile myself. I will live my life to honor God. Then in chapter two, we saw how Daniel was given a special ability by God to understand and interpret visions and dreams. King Nebuchadnezzar had a very troubling dream that kept him awake at night, and none of his wise men of his land were able to tell him his dream and interpret it for him until Daniel stepped forward. Daniel was able to tell him his dream, which involved this giant statue made of a head of gold, chest and arms of silver, a, a torso of bronze, legs of iron, and feet of iron and clay. And the king was troubled by this, didn't know what this meant, and Daniel explained. He was the golden head as the current king, but every section of the statue represented a kingdom that was going to follow him. And a rock comes along and smashes the whole thing, and that represented the kingdom of God. He explains the whole dream to the king, and that brought a sense of relief to the king himself. And Daniel made a point of giving credit to God, of focusing the whole thought on God. And so the higher resolution number two from chapter two was this, I will live ready to be faithful even to the faithless. I will live ready to be faithful even to the faithless. And just as King Nebuchadnezzar was troubled and unsettled in his life, so too there are troubled and unsettled people all around us, aren't there? They may be your neighbors, your coworkers, your fellow students at school, maybe even some of your own family members or relatives. 
And the challenge of chapter 2 was for us to be willing to bring hope and peace to unsettled people by directing them to God, just as Daniel did with the king. Now we come to chapter 3. One way to describe chapter 3 is to think of it as a companionship story, a companionship story. Can you think of a time when you were especially glad that you had a companion with you? I'm remembering a time when I was a, a young kid, and I had a friend named Billy. He was a little older than me and a little bigger than me, and Billy and I one day rode our bikes out to this open field where we were in process of digging up a mud fort. You know, you'd, you'd establish your fort, and then other kids would come, and you'd have a mud fight, and you'd get in your fort and throw mud and all that. It was a lot of fun. So we were building this fort, right? And then this other kid comes along. I didn't know him. He was kind of a mean kid. He rode his bike, and he walks up toward us, and he's swinging a metal chain. And he sees me, and he threatens me. You know, hey, you do what I tell you, or I'm going to hit you with this. You know, and, and I was scared. You know, I'm just probably about seven years old. And Billy is there, and Billy knows this kid. He says, hey, we know you're just making empty threats. Get out of here. And the kid went scampering away. Billy was my companion in a time of need. And he stood up with me. He stood by me. He stood for me. And he was my good friend. Well, today's story is about companionship. Whom do you know that will stand by you in tough times? especially when you're being challenged or even ridiculed for your faith in Jesus Christ. Whom do you know who will stand by you? Let's look at this story about companionship in Daniel chapter 3. You could also look at chapter 3, by the way, as a story of faithfulness even when the heat is on, quite literally, as we're going to see here. Faithfulness when the heat is on. Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were made administrators over the province of Babylon. So they had some pretty important um, responsibilities in the land at the time. And as we heard in that story, Nebuchadnezzar has this giant golden statue built, 90 feet high, nine stories tall, and it's nine feet wide. And he demands that everybody bow down and worship this golden statue. And that whoever did not would be thrown into the flames of a blaze, blazing furnace. That was the king's demand. By the way, I wonder if that golden statue was built partly, if not completely, out of gold that the king had taken from Solomon's temple in Jerusalem when he raided it and destroyed it. So he orders everybody to bow down to this statue. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down. Everybody else is bowing down. Hundreds, probably thousands of people bowing down to this statue. And these three men remain standing. Now some of the king's astrologers brought this to the king's attention. So the king confronted these three men who would dare to defy his command. And we pick up with verse 13 in the text. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
And so these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Hmm. So, there you are. How would you respond? How do you respond today when the pressure is on to conform to the ways of this world? How do you respond? You know, if you think about it, every culture has its idols. And every culture requires a certain godless worship of them. An idol today, well, it, it may not look like a golden statue, but it could be something concrete like material things. Or it could be something more ethereal, like an ideology or a philosophy or a worldview that is devoid of the God that is revealed in the Scriptures. Do we bow down to a way of thinking that the world demands of us? But here's the tie-in with Daniel chapter 3. By not worshiping our culture's idols, you can expect this. We will face a sure and certain kind of execution, if you will. It may not be physical, but it's probably going to be social and psychological. We can expect to be cut off for not worshiping the idols of this world. Teenagers and young adults, let me ask you, have you been unfriended on social media or maybe even in person because of your faith convictions? Have you been cyber bullied or maybe even physically bullied and harassed because you've refused to go along with the crowd on something that you knew was wrong? Has anyone here been snubbed or ridiculed because you believe in a God that people just can't see with their eyes. You see, the truth is, like those three men in the story in Daniel 3, we too are painfully alone when we choose to live contrary to the culture. We're out there standing all by ourselves. In this story, only three Jewish men are recorded in the story as standing under the fiery judgment of the king. So, there you are, standing in these men's sandals. How would you respond to the king's inquisition? Well, listen to what these three men say, starting at verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold 
you have set up. Wow. What amazing courage. What amazing faithfulness on these guys' parts. We can't help but be impressed by their willingness to face the consequences on account of their convictions. You might say these men lived by a higher resolution that came from their God. Well, the king got rather angry over their response, and he ordered that the furnace be made seven times hotter than usual. The three men were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace, and the fire was so hot, the flames killed the soldiers who brought the three men to the furnace entry. We read in Daniel chapter 3, Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we had tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, O king. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. And that's probably one of the most amazing parts of the story. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Hmm, an amazing story. I said earlier that chapter 3 could be described as a companionship story. For just as these three men were being cast into the blazing furnace, a companion showed up to protect them. Most biblical scholars agree that the fourth man in that furnace was the pre-incarnate Christ the Son of God, before he took on human flesh and was given the name Jesus. That Son of God stood with those men, companion, protector, rescuer, Savior. And friends, that same Son of God stands by you as well. When you are pressured to worship the false gods of today's culture, and when you are ridiculed for your faith in God. 
when you feel like you are the only one standing up for the truth, when you are feeling the flames of ridicule for your faith, Jesus stands by you. He doesn't abandon you. How do you know that Jesus will stand by you when the heat is on? Well, consider this. Consider this. Jesus stood up in your place and mine and in the place of all humanity and willingly let himself be executed for us on a cross. If he would stand up for that, he would stand up for you in whatever you're facing. I mean, just consider for a moment the heat that Jesus took for us, terrible physical suffering, the beatings, the whippings, the nails, condemnation for our sins from the heavenly Father. He con was condemned instead of us. And then hellfire, being cut off from the Father's love. You see, by Jesus' death and resurrection, he accomplished for us what no mute, lifeless, powerless idol can. He brought us forgiveness, salvation, eternal rescue from the fires of hell. And yes, your loving, all-powerful Savior Jesus promises to stand by you even when you find yourself in the fiery furnace on account of your faith and your witness and your testimony in this culture. Now, make no mistake, in some form or another and at some time or another, if you follow Jesus, you will feel the heat of persecution. It's going to come. Jesus himself said it. In fact, in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, he said these words, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And in John 16, Jesus said to his disciples, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Yes, as a follower of Jesus, in this exile culture in which you find yourself, you will feel the heat of persecution. But the promise is this, you will not face it alone. I love Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. It's a verse that says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And Jesus is that friend. Jesus is that friend to you, that companion who sticks close to you no matter what comes along. Jesus himself said, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so the big takeaway from this third chapter of Daniel is this, that even the fiery furnace of exile culture cannot separate us from our God 
who loves us in Jesus Christ. Now, what I hope is obvious is that we need Jesus. You see, with him, we are rescued from hellfire itself. Without him, we get burned eternally. And thus today's theme, whatever you do, don't get burned. In other words, put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, even if it means facing the heat of persecution for your faith. Let me ask you this pointed question. What would be worse, losing your life for the name of Jesus or losing eternal life for the sake of the idols of this world? What would be worse? Jesus himself said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Whatever you do, friends, don't get burned. Higher resolution number three then from this third chapter of Daniel is this. I will trust God to the bitter end. No, no matter how much ridicule I may take for it, I will trust God to the bitter end. Life in exile on this planet and in the culture around us invites us, entices us, and even demands us to worship idols and to conform our lives to the ways of this world. But we can learn from those three guys in Daniel chapter 3, these three men who trusted God and refused to bow down. So I want to close with these two questions as kind of a challenge to you for this week. In light of the various idols that we see all around us, question one, will you dissociate yourself from an idol this week? You know what the idols are that you're having to deal with. Will you dissociate yourself from that idol? And secondly, will you walk with Jesus as your companion everywhere you go? He will go with you. And when things heat up, you will not be there standing there all by yourself. Jesus, your companion, will stand by you always. Amen. May the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.